Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Is Google's artificially intelligent chatbot generator Lambda showing signs of sentience? Most likely not, but AI in general is getting awfully good at fooling humans. Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z are teaming up to launch a Bitcoin-focused financial literacy program. The Bitcoin Academy will launch in Brooklyn's Marcy Housing Projects, have free in-person and online classes, and provide participants with MiFi devices and smartphones. And is Congress finally positioned to do something meaningful on user privacy? A bipartisan draft bill called the American Data Privacy and Protection Act would provide a national standard on what data companies can gather from individuals and how they can use it. We've got all this and more in episode 39 of The Tech Job. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And down here in Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. I am glad that I'm married. <laughs> I saw a tweet and the lady, you know, I actually got in front of me. She says, my friend soft launched her man on social media and has already gotten seven. I come at you as a woman messages. Basically, what she's saying is as oh. soon as she put her, <laughs> she, publi- she publicly posted her boyfriend. Her yeah. Some people slid in her DMs like that may not only just be yeah, your man. Man, so the he's I don't have a, man. <laughs> exactly. So I have a problem with that. Let me just say that. But what <laughs> astounded me today in today's dating and social media is the fact that because I actually went down the rabbit hole of this this thread and people were like, "What's what soft launching your man? What is that?" And basically, it's like you post a picture of him or you and him. Or you and her, if it's a, if you, you know, if you're a guy, um, with no context, you know, it's not like going on vacation with my boyfriend or introducing right. the future misses, whatever the case may be. It's kind of like a, just a random picture, not random. It's a picture, no context, no vacation, no specific event. It's just like you post that person. And as a strategy, people are doing this early on in the relationship just so it doesn't the the relationship doesn't get too far in before somebody comes with a hey with the sister i just want to let you know right <laughs> and it's like how crazy is it in today's dating scape that you actually strategically have to have to i remember it was a conversation of 
when do you post your boyfriend or girlfriend on social media? Now it's like they're using it as a let me get this out early. Mechanism. I'm not mad right. about that. Right, like, we right. These, we got to vet these people and just make sure they they are who they say they are. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody else claim them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not mad at that at all, honestly. Yeah, but they again Hashtag they call it a no soft launch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and they call it a soft launch before basically before you get too connected mm-hmm. to them. You know, you kind of soft like like That's their right. app. Like their piece of technology, soft launch it. Like you open up a new store. Keep that Negro in beta for for a minute. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Before he get the full, you know, version 1.0. Like you Mm. in beta still because we don't know yet. (laughs) Right. So I thought that was just uh, amazing that they're actually using that as a dating strategy. And I was just like, you know what? It's hard out here for a pimp. Right, right. Obviously, right. It really really is. So that's all. Just my musings, you know. It's just like you know what I'm. I ain't hating on them because that I ain't gonna I ain't gonna be like one of these old people that's like, oh, you young kids, y'all da 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 da. Because games change. Clearly, Mm -hmm. the game has changed. So I'm not gonna hate on your hustle. Just young kids doing that. Right, right. It's some forty and fifty year olds out here doing that soft launching too. So when I met my wife, I had a pager. I didn't even I didn't even have my first cell phone yet. So we we going back to nineties. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm way out of that game. But it's like that's back when we actually they have these things that used to hang these devices, these electronic devices that used to hang on the wall. Um, you also could have them sitting on a desk or a table or something like that, and you actually hit buttons on them and you put <laughs> the thing to your ear and you could hear people talking to you and you could talk to them. You actually smoke. <laughs> so that was all. It's just crazy, you know, how the game has changed. And I'm glad I got out before you had to adapt to that. Cause I don't know. I'd be like, you know what? I, I give up. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. It's, it's a whole mess out here. It is a whole mess. Trust me. So, y'all, I put something on Twitter today that a lot of people have started commenting on. So th- this is a this is a true story. So uh, I've been playing. I've been playing basketball at the same place. For probably pushing 15 years. And there's the guy um, that, uh, you know, he's a regular. I've played with him probably every week. You know, clearly we've had a pandemic, but before pandemic and now shortly after, we've kind of come to the other end every week for probably three or four years. Um, I would consider this person a, you know, a basketball friend at the, at the very least. I had no clue what this dude's name was. He had no idea what my name was because I have mm-hmm. a name that people call me at basketball and that's what he knew me by. I, I'm actually in his phone is that he's in my phone by his basketball name. He asked me, he's like, Hey, you still listening to podcasts and tech stuff like that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you should listen to this new podcast. <laughs> uh, it's called detection. <laughs> it's called detection. So, yes, this brother introduced me to myself. Um, He didn't recognize your voice? You know what? He's not the only person who says I sound very different in a microphone than I do on uh, codes. You you code switching on us? You code switching on us, bro? Straight codes. Not really. You don't be using the AAVE at the the, Mm -hmm. the game? <laughs> or you using a little too much AAVE at the game. Yeah, you you, you know, so uh he he is not the first person to not recognize my voice. No, of course when I say, dude, that's my show, and he, he, first like, dude, you gotta be kidding me. It's like, no, go listen to it. So he pulls it up on his phone, and then he's looking at the picture, he's like, Okay, 
That's you at the top, right? Well, this, <laughs> like does that. he not yeah. at the beginning of the show? Well, I guess because you said you got basketball names. Yeah, he, didn't see, know his he, he, he knew my name was right. Rob, but he just didn't put the two together. He had no idea what my last name was, and he just calls me, uh, you know, uh, what everybody at the gym calls me. They just call me. I Tree mean, you just ain't going to tell you tell us your basketball name because you keep like Tree. skipping over that. But okay. T R E E Tree. What's the basketball so, name, man? <laughs> so yeah, my, my nickname is Tree. Somebody years ago said I reminded them of Tree Rollins, and the name mm-hmm. has stuck. And I've been called Tree for the last twenty years. So that's how he knows me. So he's not even putting the Rob, you know, weird last name um, from the podcast. And he's only listened to. He said I only listened to it a couple of times, but he he just thought of me when uh, he he heard it, and uh, he's like. Dude, that ain't you. And then he's listening. He's like, it's like, oh, so you like internet famous. I was like, well, clearly not if my boys don't even know that I'm doing this stuff. But it, I just thought that was interesting that somebody randomly was going to recommend a podcast to me. And that podcast happened to be the Tech Jam. The Tech Jam. Like, how, how cool is that? That's pretty dope. <laughs> so that is pretty dope. So, yeah, I, I now have to make it a point to actually start learning the proper names of the adults that I affiliate with. In recreational sports, you might need to identify somebody mm-hmm. in a stop, lineup or something. Stop, stop letting them soft launch you. <laughs> right. So, so let me get some particulars out of the way. So, y'all, we are a podcast, but we also do a live show and an after party for each show. And one of the ways you get access to our live stream, one of the ways you get access to our after party is to become a patron of the Tech John. That's one of the ways you can financially support the show so we can bring the tech to you every week. And all you have to do to become a patron is head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. And once again, any of the tiers over there uh, get you access to our live stream and our after party where there is always a person or two or three or more hanging out when we actually record the show live. And the after parties are always fun. So um, they're always popping. I got to give a quick shout out. My uh, my dear friend and my brother's fiance is in the chat. Shout out to Ashia Sims in the building. Shia, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome. Glad to have you here. I'm saying. So, um, so anyway, I was just thinking, I was going to say to Ashia, it's like, we don't play ball down at the rec, do we? But uh, (laughs) don't think I know any Ashia's unless you go by a a nickname or something like that. It's just, that, that story just really tripping me out. There's somebody who I've known at least for three or four years stumbled upon to the show, That's thought that I would like it, on, and man. actually introduced it to me, even the though... The power of the tech, John. Yeah. We reach across borders. So, all kind of so stuff. let's go ahead and get to this first tech story. Um, y'all know I'm paranoid when it comes to AI and, you know... Uh, you know, what, what is it from the Terminator? What was the name of the Skynet taking over? Um, but basically, th- this is a really interesting story because there's a Google employee who works with AI um, and he's actually training AI to give more human like responses. And this dude basically has said, hey, I think that my AI is sentient. Um, he said this to the point to where now Google has actually suspended him with pay. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to be long for this job at Google. So the question is, uh, you know, is Google, is the Google employee crazy or are we crazy for not believing that this stuff is coming? 
So, so, what's so, the, I, so what's the, I was going to say, what's the context? Um, I mean, you gave us the high level, but uh, according to the sto- story that you posted, it says he was instructed to see if his discussion partner used racist or hateful language. And then out of that, he decided, yo, uh, uh, Skynet has started. So I don't know if you saw the actual thread. I, I actually went and Google and uh, searched this the young man. Blake Lemoyne is the is the Google employee. Um, yeah, he was a part of the Lambda team. And uh, the thing is, the conversation has been heavily edited and cherry picked from about 300 or so pages of his back and forth with this with this AI chatbot. Um but the way he put like, like I don't know how much of this is is legit this was the the actual exchange or how much of it was him putting an answer that you know Out made context, sense down the and, line. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, I think a lot of it is the, the conversation, but I think what he left out was all of the rest of it when the AI chatbot was, was spewing nonsense. What's basically. bugging? Yeah. But yeah. there was a, but, but, but based on that Twitter feed, there was a point where him and that damn chatbot was having a deep ass conversation. So y'all. This is the like, part that gets me. The <laughs> chatbot doesn't want to be referred to as property. It wants to be referred to, to, be as, a referred to as a Google employee. Yeah. The and chatbot so, feels so, so, like it has some sort of personhood you know already and 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 so now the guy doesn't think that google should be doing any sort of modifications or or any testing on the chatbot without the chatbot's permission because the chatbot has personhood all right bro uh, so, so I'm gonna be the cynic and say, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my man was trying to get some 15 minutes. And as a result, his job may be in jeopardy. That's what I'm gonna go with. Cause like you said, I wouldn't put it past anybody to piece together this conversation and put it on Twitter. It'd be one thing if he said, all right, I need to go to Washington Post. I need to go to some journalistic. Uh, source so they can do a mm-hmm. deep dive and uncover this thing so everybody can know. Oh, no, he went on Twitter. Now, mm-hmm. again, that could be how folks roll nowadays. If I'm going to get the biggest bang for my buck, let me go on Twitter. Yeah. You know, versus, all right, well, let me, like, legitimately, I'm concerned. He was like, all right, well, let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can go viral with this joint real quick. And I, as a result, I could see him. I wouldn't put it past him to kind of put some things in there to make it seem exactly the word Mm -hmm. I'm looking for is curated so here's my thought on this Uh, do I believe that Google has created a sentient AI not yet not yet that's the do I believe that they're going to I don't even know that that's the right question to ask because ultimately what defines I, I know that there is a definition you can go and you can look at, you know, um, you know, what does sentient mean? And there's a definition for it. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about it in, you know, in the in the space of computers, in the space of artificial intelligence, if you create an algorithm that can fool humans into thinking it's human more times than not, or let's say it gets so good that it does it 92 percent of the time, 98 percent of the time, 99.9 percent of the time you thinking you're talking to a human, but you're actually talking to a computer. Does it matter at that point? Because right. what I think when I think we have to start worrying about these things is that when you take that AI that does thing A 
and then you hook it to AI that does thing B. And then you know, now you're eventually down to the end of the alphabet. Um, and you, you've got an AI that can do 26 things autonomously. It can do 260 things autonomously. It can basically now you've created so many different AIs or, you know, a neural network of AIs that they all are talking to each other and they're all mm-hmm. learning from the things that they do. And even if they don't become sentient, if they become so good at the things they do that they can actually make decisions and do things at the level of what a human would or could or even better, which I would imagine that they know that they will be. The question is, does it matter if they actually are sentient or if they're just faking it so well that you don't know whether or not they are? Right. You know, know, what is the difference? And he didn't he wasn't at least from the conversation he pieced together. That's what he was trying to go back and forth with the AI about. Like, how do I know that you really feel these things you're feeling or, or, you know, have thought of these things of your own volition and not just because you were trained on a particular data set? And it was, it was interesting to read. It was very, very interesting to read. Um, I was just like, listen, this is, this is where we're headed. Well, I remember uh, Google was working on something like this. I don't know if it's for Pixel or a Google Assistant. I think it was for Google Assistant to where they ran like a um, they were doing a, a panel, not a panel. They were doing a discussion. And the one of the features was this Google Assistant would be able to make appointments for you. It would call like your hair, your your hairstylist and say, hey, call on behalf of Terrence Gaines. Um he wants to set an appointment for 2.30 p.m. on Thursday. And then based on real basic questions that the person will respond to, like uh, Tuesday's not going to work. Uh, what about Saturday? Or um, is it going to be a regular appointment? Does he want a, a facial or whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. This assistant could answer those questions right. to like legitimately be an assistant. You know, we think of Siri and Alexis as, hey, set a timer. Hey, turn off this right. light. Not Hey, yeah, book me a flight to Mexico. Right. Right. But that's what they were working on at the time. And I can see how that could kind of fold into what this guy's now talking about. Because here's the thing. You have an AI that is, oh, you need a doctor's appointment. Let me make you an appointment. That there's not a stretch to think that eventually it's like you really need to go to the doctor. I want to make you an appointment and I want to schedule an Uber to come and pick you up. Mm-hmm. To make sure, you know, to make sure you get in to take you there. Oh, and, and you know what? Now, now we're maybe 10 years from now. Now I'm going to actually have this bot physically go get you and take you to the Uber and put you in it and take you there. I, I, I know that, like I said, I'm being uh, alarmist in this, but I think at some point we're going to develop this stuff. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to ride in a car that drove itself. It's making great decisions. It was an excellent driver. <laughs> it is doing wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. Um, you know, until it, in until no it time don't. did I have fear yeah, that the car was going to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good until it's not. <laughs> it's all good until. Well, you know, and, and I think that's the, that's the, the bigger point. It's all good until it's not. It's like right now that car driving me from point A to point B uh, autonomously was kind of awesome. Um, so was it so was it kind of awesome because of the whole technology or did the um, the autonomous nature of the ride do something or provide a benefit that a regular driver did not? As in like, did what you know, people I don't like to talk to drivers. It's like, don't talk to me. I don't care how your day went. 
the no chit chat. I don't like you small want, talk. You, silent, so. you got silent mode enabled. Right, right. So for me to get into an autonomous vehicle and to drive me to point A to point B, that is a benefit that um, that was provided to me that a regular driver wouldn't. So I guess I'm asking you, Rob, um, outside of it just being cool, was it, did it do something special, extra, additional no. that you wouldn't have got it, from a regular driver? No, it was, it was basically just a Tesla that could, that, that had autopilot. They, they could, okay. you know, that it could, it could navigate itself. Mm. What I see though, is I see a day coming to where I'm now doing a road trip where I got to drive three or four hours and I don't have to be the one paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eventually you're going to get to where these things don't need you to be in the front seat that, you know, you're not going to get a bus. It's going to tell you to put your hands back on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually these things are just going to go from point A to point B and they don't need you other than to tell them where to take you. Right. Um, so stop. for me yeah. personally, I'm, I'm interested in that because I would much rather watch TV, play a video game, take a nap, do whatever while driving between here and wherever it is that I'm going, uh, getting work done or whatever the case is. So, so I do see that coming, but you know, but once again, you know, they can make these cars so good that they can drive themselves. Eventually they're going to have AIs that are going to fool everybody that can talk, you know, that, that you're talking to. And when they start talking to each other and then making decisions amongst themselves, that's when I start to get concerned about AI. And I don't think we're there yet. I just, I do see that day coming. Um, couple things. Um, Ashia and Saray make some good points. Um, Ashia said maybe there needs to be like a scale of sentience, um, to sort of define where an AI might be on that scale. Threat levels. Um, yeah, right, yeah, I don't threat know if that's levels. a scale, but there's Cold definitely a test. Orange. Exactly. Right. Um, and Saray says, how do you compensate that? You know, like if this part, if this, machine is now sentient are you really taking free stealing free labor from it making for making these decisions from for you um so that i mean i think some good questions to start thinking about the other thing the other reason i picked this story um or what i sort of teased out while i was researching it um and i hate to make everything about race however um in like three different articles that i read in researching this thing the way they portrayed this boy was so kind of glowing. You know, the pictures they used were him like staring off, you know, intently into the sunset or, and, and one of them, they actually used his, cause he was a, he was, he used to be in the military apparently at some point. So they, they used his military picture of him in full uniform and regalia and, you know, and, and the other, and the other article, he was also bathed in sunlight and, and looking very intelligent and, and, and innovative and, and, you know, Elon Musk esque or whatever. And, and they never referred to him. And, you know, even though the other engineers at Google have disputed him, you know, openly disputed him and said, this is not what had, this is not what happened. You know, this, this thing is not sentient yet. He, he cherry picked all the stuff. They never referred to him as crazy. They never questioned his intelligence. They never, they never did anything like that. And I can't help but think about my girl, Tim Nick Gabriel, mm-hmm. um, who they fired on the spot when mm-hmm. she did her job. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Her job was to call out the, 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 the holes and the flaws in Google's AI ethically and, and all mm-hmm. the rest of that. And she did her job and they fired her mm-hmm. quick. 
You know what I mean? And and now this boy is on every is on every cover of every, you know, website, you know, pensively looking out into the sunset. Like, did he really have this conversation? And it just really it was a glaring sort of And he's still getting paid. And he's and he's still getting paid. He's He's still getting paid administrative leave, yes. And still getting paid. So it was just such a glaring night and day disparity in the way they report them versus us that 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 had to make sure I called that out too. Mm, Same whistleblower at the same not same whistleblower. He was whistleblowing similar to what exactly. Timmy was doing. Exactly. You know, he went pu- he went public the no, same thing no, as she did. It, it, it's not the same because she well, was I'm just saying, telling you the truth. She was just telling you what is the case. She right, was just doing right. her job. He, he actually is violating you know some of Google's yes. uh, you know rules and regulations. That's why he's suspended. So, why he's so so he, he wasn't doing yeah. what they were paying um him to do. He was doing right. some extra stuff and that's why he's absolutely suspended. Right. Not that's because he was day. yeah, so yeah, it's it, it's different. It's, it's always different. it's always a different standard for us. And and I like I said, I just had to make sure I went on record to say that because because it was some BS. <laughs> but so it's y'all, like a good conversation though. Anywho, moving it, on. It was like I said. I, you know, I, I, I'm glad you put that in there. I wanted to talk about uh, you know just other aspects of AI. And like I said, I, I like the way you even asked the question: Is this Google employee crazy? Maybe are we <laughs> not yet? But like I said, it's. Um, my, 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 my biggest concern with AI is not the AI that's doing the specific thing so well that it fools you every time. It's that when AI can talk to other, all the other AIs mm-hmm. that are also fooling you all the time. And that's why I say sentience doesn't really matter at that point. If they're fooling you all the time, if you think they're human all the time, yeah. then, you know, um, you know, th- th- that could be potentially problematic. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So next story here, uh, th- this one I definitely want to get into. Uh, uh, whereas, you know, who was it? Uh, Jay-Z um, and Jack Dorsey. Uh, are offering free, um, I don't want to say Bitcoin training. They, they are focusing on Bitcoin, cryptocurrency and stuff like that, but they're basically doing financial, uh, you know, financial literacy and financial training, um, in the, uh, training. housing project that Jay Z grew up in. Training. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes, uh, for the people yeah. who will be listening to this on Tuesday. Training. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, what they're doing, but uh, there's also a lot of questions about this because they are focusing on cryptocurrency, which is right now wildly, uh, you know, you know, wildly volatile. We've, we've talked about wide volatile, well, it's but, tr- but it it's is trendy. It's trendy. It's trendy. More importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's some things where they're, you know, like when they're calling out some, you know, 
Well, Stephanie, this is your story, right? So, well, actually, it's mine. No, so, your Terrence, okay, so Terrence, story, your yeah. story. So, I'm gonna let you go so, ahead and tell so the backstory the, before I actually give my opinions. Yeah, because you was getting there on everything. He <laughs> 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 was off on a tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, so basically, Jack Dorsey, uh, co-founder of Twitter, he also co-founded Square, which is a super popular um, uh, fintech. You know, you use Cash App. Using, you know, if you're using Cash App to send money back and forth to your family, friends, if you're using Square, if you're a merchant tra- uh, processing transactions, Jack Dorsey is behind all that. Mm-hmm. And you have Jay-Z, the rapper who has kind of moved into uh, venture capitalist. He has partnered with Jack Dorsey to do a numerous amount of things. Jack Dorsey bought a minority stake. Now. Yeah, yeah. He, um, Jack Dorsey bought a, a stake of Jay-Z's company that he created, the um, title. What's the, what's the popular yeah, title. I can think title. of a word of it. So they are business partners, for lack of a better term. Uh, this next step that they've done, this next venture that they've done is they're going to, like Rob said, um, financial literacy, but heavily focused on Bitcoin, according to this story. Um, and they're going to do it specifically for they're going to give it away for free. They're going to give it to uh, residents of Jay-Z's childhood home which happens to be a large housing project slash community um, with Marcy. a lot of folks. Yeah. Marcy projects. I didn't want to, I don't know if people know that, but basically it's a, a housing project slash a community for low wage underrepresented folks. Right. So uh, that's what they're deciding to do. Uh, you can look at it as Jay-Z, you know, they're doing something because again, Bitcoin, what we talked about in previous shows, this is something that people need to know about, need to understand, need to make sure they wrap their heads around because this could be the future of how we do financial transactions. It's all super trendy right now. It's all hot. There are a lot of people who are making money and there are some people who are using it to scam folks, right? So that money. A lot of people losing money because they're getting scammed. So that's where this story, I haven't seen a lot of people questioning this, but a lot of people are, well, not a lot of people, people are questioning whether or not this is a, is going to lead to financial literacy as a whole, or is Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z jumping on this Bitcoin train and figuring out how to capitalize on it, even if they're not making money off of it because it's free. The kids get free MiFi devices and they get tablets and free smartphones. Yeah, they, tablets. Are yeah. get, they are going to get some Bitcoin as well, aren't? I, I think I didn't. I didn't read that. All I know I, is the, the class is going to be free, and they were going to get free hotspots and free devices to keep up with the training for like a year. I think it's like a year's course. And the whole idea, according to them, is to bring financial literacy two areas to where it may not be accessible. Of course, the people are bringing up the question is, are they doing this and not really teaching financial literacy as a whole? Are they just trying to jump on the bandwagon of Bitcoin, which may or may not turn into a thing? And it may possibly harm people if it's not taught responsibly. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of the question. Uh, and I wanted to pose it to you all. Is this Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z jumping on the Bitcoin train? Or do you feel that this is something that really needs to be taught? And who better than people who are already in the space, whether actually in the space or just supporting their own? So I'm all for education. 
Um, and, you know, this is a conversation that a lot of people of color are largely being left out of. Just the idea of cryptocurrency, what it's going to do, um, you know, Web3, NFTs, like all, all of this new stuff um, is, is largely leaving a lot of people of color, especially in low income and underserved communities behind. So that being said, I'm all for education. And I, and I, the one thing I appreciated about uh, what they were kind of offering in this course is they were starting from the basics. Like mm-hmm. what is money? You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have mm-hmm. no idea what actual fiat currency is versus uh, some other kind of currency versus cryptocurrency, whatever. And then what is cryptocurrency? So you're starting sort of, you know, at a, at a fundamental level to help people understand what is actually happening, um, you know, in the space. However, all that being said, your favorite, your favorite word. You know what I mean? And and it looks like the people teaching the courses are legit. I mean, I know Naja Roberts actually was also working with Hill Harper uh, on his official Black Wall Street project. She was sort of, you know, you know, one of the faces of that as well. So it looks like she's just, you know, kind of getting her bag wherever she can. I ain't mad. Do it, girl. Um, Especially if it's about the education. Mm -hmm. However, these are both hella capitalists you know right. so the idea that they would be just doing this out of the goodness of their hearts i have a hard time believing that i mean that could just be the cynic in me um this is america i have a very hard time believing that they are only doing this for the education piece so, of it and that there's a there there there's a capitalist um ulterior motive behind this that's maybe that's like um, so just spitballing Maybe like tax shelter, uh, uh, something to write off to lower their tax bracket. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of. I couldn't right. think of any way that they could um, capitalize off of this outside of then, you know, how artists and athletes who have a bunch of money, they create foundations. And the reason why mm-hmm. they create these foundations is to have a tax write off to where they can spend all this money for the kids because they love right. the kids, air quotes. But at the same time, drives their tax bracket down so they can write off on taxes. I'm not a financial guy. That's the way I assumed they did it. So I was thinking maybe so, this is kind of like that. There's no question that that's probably part of it. But that's the game. That's not just for Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey. That's for right. everybody. Right. You know, uh, this is a game that technically all billionaires play, all multimillionaires play, all high hundred thousand heirs play. Um, so I'm not getting mad at him for that because that's just tax law. Um, I also, uh, you know, want to say some things like, you know, I'm from my wife's from Akron, Ohio, lived literally around the corner from where LeBron James grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, that school that he built, clearly he's writing that off on taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's it's, it's charitable. There's no question. But the good that is coming out of that, but the number good. of students that he, that, that, and the medical know, that center is, he's about to build. It, it, exactly. Right and like, you know, all the stuff like he just bought, like there's a, you know, thing in, um, Columbus, it was called Tangier, not Tangiers, uh, the outlet Cathedral. mall. Um, it was, it, it actually was like a giant, um, smorgasbord, um, right next to like a mega church. And he's now bought this and is mm-hmm. turning that into like, you know, uh, conference centers and just more stuff. I mean, he, he's doing stuff that truly is helping the community, right. but is he paying less taxes for doing that? Yes. Clearly is Jay-Z going to pay less taxes for doing this? Yes. Here's where I had the problem with what some people are, uh, you know, who, who are calling this out. Um, you are in finance, just you're kind of anti crypto. 
So, you oh, know, so like, I, I think the angle you, is. Yeah. W- one of the, one of the quotes was if you were to ask these folks in these housing projects, what they needed, Bitcoin literacy probably wouldn't be the first probably thing to come be. off of their, uh, <laughs> uh, right. well, you know what? Financial literacy in general probably wouldn't be the first thing that would Absolutely come off That's you fair. Know, of their That's tongue. Fair. So, mm-hmm. so, so from that standpoint, I'm looking at it like this. Um, if you are basically, you know, like if, if we just go to the, darkest, deepest, most horrible things that these two could just like, you know what, let's put this master plan together where we're going to teach people about cryptocurrency so we can fleece them. My gut tells me you're not going to the project to do that. You're going to go do this where people have significantly more disposable income to try to get into it. I got to push back on that because I feel like the, 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 I don't, I don't necessarily think their intention is to scam anybody. Let me preface Mm -hmm. this with that. However, I do believe they think that Jay's influence in that community will drive some people to invest more than the little bit of Bitcoin that they are already giving them. I think people are going to see Jay-Z show up and they're going to be like, if Jay-Z told, tell me to buy Bitcoin, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. So now they're going to take resources that they really don't even have mm-hmm. to continue to try to invest in this you have like, it tied high, up. highly volatile, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, digital thing you, you know ephemeral digital thing and 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 a lot of people are gonna be like well what am now what am i supposed to do you know what i'm saying and- mm-hmm. oh we lost definitely i was gonna say uh she she reminds me of a <laughs> in a funny uh south park skit to where the guy uh one of the parents and uh i was trying to Feel time for you, Stephanie. And what would you say it was, uh, brought up a good story. Uh, there's a South Park skit where a guy is looking to invest in the stock market and he's going to his broker and he says, okay, I want to take this money and I want to put it in something because somebody told me. And the banker guy says, and you want to deposit so and so and it's gone. <laughs> and- <laughs> I'm like, like I, said, I don't think he's. He's trying to scam anybody, but mm-hmm. with the way this market is right now, I mean, mm-hmm. Bitcoin ain't worth nothing. I get a Coinbase email every day oh, that geez, is down another five percent, and another five percent, and another five percent. So <laughs> this is not a, a, a smart investment uh, investment at this point. But I I think that they're doing this off the strength of they know that people want to do what Jay-Z tells them to do. And if he says this is a good thing to do and he clearly he made some money on it, then I can make some money on it too without doing their real due diligence. You know, you, you, you put that whole Bitcoin Academy thing up there as a front to say, well, we did try to educate them, you know? And so they made these decisions on their own to buy all this Bitcoin. And by the way, we took a a 2% processing fee from everybody that did it. You know what I mean? I, I just, this is America. Don't nobody just do nothing for the for the good of it, and you know, out of the good of their heart. I just I just don't believe there's not some some sort of capitalist ulterior motive to this project. Uh, maybe, but I just I, I have a hard time when you know stockbrokers and financial analysts who are anti crypto are the ones who are calling it out the most because you know yeah. what we are very 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 possibly about to move into a bear market. Um, very about to. Yeah, are we there? We, the, the reason <laughs> I'm saying it that way is because we haven't. I don't think we've technically hit the indicator. I think we probably got a few more weeks to go before we actually are. But we, you know, very possibly are. So, and there's some things about crypto that we now are learning are true. We thought that it really was delinked from money, from fiat. It didn't. The market is going down. 
crypto is going Everything down right down big with time. It. I, yeah, I don't. It all's going. It's uh, all going down. In my wife gives me the side eye every time she opens up the little Coinbase account that I see it <laughs> would be a good idea if we uh, open up. And I got to keep telling her, just wait, just, just hold wait. On. And those folks in the Marcy Projects, they ain't got time to wait, Jack. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I want to do an SMR type uh, disclaimer here. I did not. I am not a financial advisor. I did not sleep in a Holiday Inn Express last night. So this is not advice. This is just things that Rob has done. What does the holiday even have to do with? So you you never seen the Holiday Inn Express commercials where Rob's like you know old. you slept in the Holiday Inn Express and now you <laughs> can do surgery commercial. the next day or you I, can do something amazing no. the next day because you got so much rest. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's a Holiday Inn Express commercial to where you know you've got people who are literally flying jets, landing helicopters, doing <laughs> surgery because they slept in the Holiday Inn Express. So it's just Listen. I don't know if that's a big thing here in the Midwest. Could be. But anyway, I didn't sleep in one. I am not a financial advisor, so I want to put that out there. But, uh, you know, in in my lifetime, uh, as far as investments go, Bitcoin is the best investment I've ever done because, you know, we're talking about, oh, yeah, it's down, you know, what, 70 percent, you know, since it's high or something like that. You know, uh, yeah, it's down 70 percent. But you know what it is? What is up? 15,000 percent since I initially started buying it. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I get that it's going down. Things go up, they come down and you need to have an understanding and, you know, of, of why this is what most people do um, right now. Oh, it's coming down. Sell, 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 sell. Well, that's not the thing to do if you're averaging in and you're, you know, like I said, I'm not giving advice, but. I look at what we're about to go into or what we're currently into as an opportunity to buy things extremely inexpensively compared to what they were six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago. And um, if you're doing things properly, you could ultimately end up making money once we start to come out of the other side of this. So, like I said, I, I, I am I, I'm not out here shilling for crypto because uh, crypto is a part of my portfolio. I, you know, I invest in all things, but it, it is a part. And I don't see any any hurt in teaching people who normally wouldn't get Absolutely. this type of education Absolutely. how this stuff works. Because as you said, Steph, it's like they're not just starting at, well, here's crypto. It's like, no, we got to teach you what money is. You know, mm-hmm. here's what money is. Here's how money works. And although we may focus on cryptocurrency, we may focus on Bitcoin. That is a, that's education that you're getting that you didn't have before. And it that's gives right. you it, it gives you options. And they did um, say they had a course on how not to get scammed as well. So, it sure. looked, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I, I, I appreciate the curriculum. Absolutely. Um, I, I just, you know, like I said, just tell the whole, I feel like they're not telling the whole story and being and hopefully, transparent and, about and, everything they want to do. And very, and hopefully those people who are the recipients are at the very, if they're not being taught the whole story, they at least understand that, hey, you ain't Jay-Z. So just right. because Jay-Z that did part. it don't mean you can do it. And like uh, she has said in the in the comments, you know, there's some folks on LLC Twitter who think, you know, they can same That's thing right. with Forex, same thing with <laughs> yes. all these right. other things. Right. All that like, other stuff, where know? are the Forex people who t- was telling you they was diamond platinum plus level or where are they at? Where'd they go? Right. Are yes. they out? Are they, have they, and give me the update. where are they there's now? There's always going to be that person or those people that think they're going to get rich quick and, mm-hmm. and, and they won't. And then they'll go back and blame Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. for, for all their troubles. And then here come the lawsuit. So it's just, just like, you know, be vicious. Careful cycle of things yeah. yeah i just hope that you know I, i'll be i'll be really curious to see what this curriculum looks 
looks like for real, for real. Um, and, you, but, and you never know. Like I said, to, for, for folks who are saying, oh, well, see, Bitcoin is down. Therefore, it's a horrible thing to even exist. That's just not true. It, it, yeah. it's, it simply isn't. It's not going anywhere. There's too much money tied up in it. And I just I don't see any harm in learning about learning. Absolutely. Um, You know, I I see I see no harm in learning about this thing. We can because like I said, here's the other thing. I don't see anybody going to, uh, you know, going over to Marcy Projects, setting up financial programs uh, for uh, stocks and bonds and teaching you what 401k is. I I don't see that. Not saying that this is well, this is what they need to do. No, they're doing what they want to do. It's like, you know, that's the thing when people are donating money with their money. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're they're doing what they want so that both of them believe in Bitcoin, both of them believe in crypto. That's interesting. You know what? If we had, you know, uh, know, it would be a better place if more folks were doing these kind of things. You can't take that away, you know, you know, from them. So, like I said, I'm not chilling for them at all. I just wanted to bring the other side of it. One person in Marcy, you know what I mean, does a little, you know, soft shoe shuffle and and takes this and runs with it and becomes the next you know, Bitcoin millionaire, like God bless them. You know what I mean? And, Education and see, and, is never a bad thing. And I'm not even looking for somebody to become the next Bitcoin billionaire out of that housing project. Here's what I'm looking for. Somebody to actually get bit by the bug of financial literacy. And it's like, oh, this is this is how rich folks get rich and stay rich once they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really into this. And now it maybe pushes you into a different you know, Mindset. career that you mi- didn't even know existed before. A I, I would believe that there are folks that are going to actually be in this program who didn't even know that some of these things existed. They didn't know it was an option. So you're going to get folks. Once again, they're giving you something so you can have Wi-Fi. They're giving you a tablet or a phone so you can now get onto the Internet, um, you know, for a year. That's a year more than you may have had before. And if you can use some of the education to ultimately, OK, well, I want to go to school. I want to learn about finance. I want to learn about business. I want to learn about, you know, uh, you know, Jack. Dorsey built Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I, w- I want to do something like that. Even if it's something like that that comes out of it, to me, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they hope to expand to other neighborhoods. I'm looking at their at their website for the Bitcoin Academy. Uh, the vision for Bitcoin is that it doesn't have barriers, but lack of access to financial education is a barrier. It's still hard to use for everyday necessities. Plus, people need devices and data plans. This program aims to provide education, empower the community with knowledge, and get rid of some of the barriers so that residents can learn more about Bitcoin specifically and finance in general. So, I mean, like I said, education Information is never bad. Information is never a bad thing. Information is never a bad thing. Those participating in the program will receive MiFi devices and a one-year limited data plan plus smartphones if needed. Residents may keep the devices. And and like I said, I think I read somewhere else that they were also going to get a little bit of Bitcoin um, to, you know, get them started. So I ain't mad. I'm just saying. (laughs) The pessimist in me is just, you know, you got to keep your eye, your, your cat eye on that whole situation. <laughs> All right. So our next story actually was, I think it was going to be, you know, potentially our main story last week. Um, I brought it back because I think it's important to talk about it. But, uh, you know, Stephanie, I think you wrote this. Is this the year Congress finally gets to itch together on privacy? 
And um, basically, we're talking about the the American Data Privacy and Protection Act. That is an act that basically, uh, you know, Congress has yet to vote on it. They have to vote on this. But ultimately, it's going to give protection to us consumers as far as what uh, these big, giant companies that collect all kind of data on us, how they can use it, what they can ultimately collect, their ability to sell it, their ability to actually uh, – let me just read this. This bill will end the discriminatory use of your data. It will hold companies to high standards of data security um, and minimization, and it will prohibit pay for privacy practices. So basically, you know, a company, you give us access to all your data, you get things for free, or if you don't give us access, you now got to pay for something. They're not going to allow companies to do that. Um, so I just I just wanted to bring this back up because this is pretty important. You know, when we, when we think about the amount of data that Twitter and Facebook and Google and Apple and all these companies have on us, particularly the Facebooks and the Googles that are actively selling this information, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, um, amongst their, themselves and and, and and their advertisers. Um this is a, you know, this, this is a potentially a good act that actually has some bipartisan, uh, support. Now, they probably need to get this done before Congress goes into their summer break because once they come out of it, it's going to be nothing uh, but midterm, midterm, midterm. And this is probably not going to happen anytime in the foreseeable future if they don't get it done, you know, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But what it does do is that right now our privacy is pretty much controlled at the state level. So you've got 51 different areas, not 51 states, but the, you know, the um, District of Columbia, they have their own thing too. You know, you've got 51 different ways that we treat privacy in the United States. What this is trying to do is actually create a federal law to where, you know, your states can still do some things, but at least here's what you have at at the federal level. And see, I think that's what is going to get jammed up because I, I think you're going to see a lot of the states challenging. Um, they're, they're trying to set this up so that the federal law will take precedence in most instances um, with some state exceptions. So you're still going to have, like I said, states sort of, um, you know, finagling things their own way in some cases. And I think they will also be challenging um, the federal law when it overarches the state law. So I, I think we're going to run into some problems there. I did like, though, that the FTC was going to create a public registry of data brokers, because um, I think that's also important for people to know, you know, who are those companies that the Facebooks of the world are working with to sell your data all up and through uh, the internet. Um, we need to know that as well. So I, I, I thought that was cool. And then, you know, the ability to sue the companies will, you know, California just did that. We'll see how, how effective that is. There's like a waiting period or something uh, before you can sue them. But um, I guess they're talking about it. I guess it's something... <laughs> But how how much teeth it's going to actually have is is up for debate. I need to get these old people out of Congress. That's all <laughs> that there is part. to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're, according to the story, they're, uh, people right now, they're looking like old 1999 law that protects financial information. And it's like, that's way too late. And a 1974 law that protects information gathered by the government. That's 48 Those years are, ago. That's too long. That's too 74, long. I saw this 40. It's like, you, you trying to get something done from that was written in 74. Yeah. And but, uh, again, uh, policy, of course, they'll never keep up with technology, but the, the laws and the rules that we're using right now are just too out of date. 
And Wait. I think that's be- again, that's because, again, of course, lobbyists, you know, technology, they got big lobbies, just like gun lobby, just like you know, all these other lobbies. Right. So they're probably holding some of this stuff up. But I firmly believe that, you know, I'm. <laughs> Some of these senators, some of these representatives are like, well, I ain't giving up my data and I really ain't on Facebook like that. So why is this important? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure there's really some of that sense of the issue. Yeah. That, and which is why they're not pushing as hard for it. They're like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, it'll, it can wait till after the Like Rob said, if it don't get done now, which I highly doubt, uh, it won't get done until the midterms because old school Politics is like, all right, well, we need to get ready for this and we need to get ready for this big fight, yada, 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 because they can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think they could run for office or run for reelection and X, Y, and Z, but you know, the old way of doing things is right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the, the wheels of of this stuff, they they turn so slow because if it doesn't get done, which there's really no indication is thinking it's going to get done uh, in this Congress. It's not going to get, you know, potentially until the next one. Well, the problem is that, well, when they come back from break, all they're going to be doing is running for office. They're basically, you know, you know, both parties, independents as well, they will be doing nothing but trying to make sure they get more seats in whatever house they sit in. Um, and then once the elections are over, you're going to have the new folks who are now all they're concerned with is getting those first campaign promises that they've made. That That is going to be their agenda. And then once that stuff gets done, they're going to be into the next presidential election. So it's not going to get done then. So basically, you're talking about another four years before, you know, you come back around to this. And well, this, this is four years old. We, we need to go back and rewrite it. So it's you know, I don't want to complain about how. You know, our system works, but I want to complain about how our system works. It's like sometimes it's just like th- there are things that you need to get done. Um, and you know, for, I don't want to say for whatever reasons, this is politics and this is, this is not a Republican or Democrat or an independent thing. This is just how politicians roll. Um, and how our politics work. It takes forever to get anything done. Um, unless it's, you know, a war or us going after somebody. It, it, it takes literally, right. it takes, an, it's funny. They say it takes an act of Congress to get something done because we know how hard it is for Congress to act on anything. To do anything. And then this is, you know, and again, I, I go back to how, how, how much teeth this is actually going to have and how enforceable it's actually going to be. Because, you know, when you look at the state of, of GDPR right now um, in Europe, the general data protection regulation, it, you know, it helped. And we all got those pop-ups to say, do you accept all cookies? And we just say yes and keep it moving. Um, however, you know, a quick little blurb from, uh, from Wired from, from this past May, May 23rd, while GDPR has immeasurably improved the privacy rights of millions inside and outside of Europe, it hasn't stamped out the worst problems. Data brokers are still stockpiling your information and selling it. And the online advertising industry remains littered with potential abuses. So, you know, I guess, I don't know if this is just some kind of baby step approach to to things until we get people in Congress that actually know what's going on and and understand what all this means and and how to best regulate it. But um, I think status quo. Yeah, I think they just want to be seen as doing something. We can't allow the good to be the enemy of the great. It's like. You know, GDPR was good. It is done some good things. Is it doing everything they wanted to do? No. Is it better than it was before? Yes. Okay. Get something like that in, and then you go and you uh, and then you iterate it. You, you make it better. You're just the and it's, it's, it's interesting. That, I'm sorry. 
I said, you're just the eternal optimist today. I ain't mad at you. I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> not really. I'm just trying to just trying to have more than just one side to the story. So here's the other part of things that happen uh, in Europe. It seems like they pass laws over there. And what it ends up doing for us is that these big companies like, you know, like, uh, you know, we talked about this a few shows back. Uh, we, we now know that uh, Apple is going to be getting rid of the lightning port. They're going to be going to USB-C. Well, why are they doing that? Well, Apple is Apple. They're going to make sure that they get it done before somebody tells them that they have to. That they, they, they kind of roll that way, but that's probably part of their calculus as to why they're doing it. Uh, well, why? In Europe, yeah, it's, it's coming up. That requirement well, is coming well, up. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they're, they, you know, they're, they're probably going to pass a law in the UK or, in, or actually in the EU that this is going to be law. You have to do this. So Apple is saying, you know what? If we're going to do this, we're not going to just do it for one continent. Let's just do it for Earth. It's cheaper for us to just go ahead and make the change everywhere than it is to make it uh, just, you know, you know, just in uh, in the EU. So we are basically benefactors of that change because of what the EU, you know, presumably is doing. Um, there's something going through uh, the EU right now where where Google is actually going to allow. Um, third parties to interject ads in their system because, you know, the EU is saying, we're going to sue you. We want 10% of your uh, yearly, uh, you know, yearly takeover uh, if, uh, <laughs> if you don't get this stuff done. So now they're trying to figure this stuff out so that they can, you know, basically meet these laws that may come through in the EU. But if they do it there, it's like, well, if you're going to do it here, might, you might as well go ahead and do this everywhere because it's cheaper for us to just do it everywhere than it is to just do it in this country. So it's kind of like, you know, we get our cues on this stuff from what's happening in Europe because clearly there it is a lot easier to get stuff done than it is here. Um, I guess when you have a bunch of little countries and some big, you know, like Germany, nobody calling Germany and France and, you know, England or, um, you know, small countries, it's easier or, to get stuff done there than it is to get stuff here where we're just one big giant country with a bunch of 50 different states. Or we're a bunch of corporations over here that's running the country and the corporations oh. say what that we do. Art. Versus over there, the government that is like, you know what? Let's say that with your chest, brother. That part. <laughs> That mic drop. Yes. Mic drop. Say that sort of people in the back in mm-hmm, here. Um, mm-hmm, I think that mm-hmm. has a heck of a lot to do with it. Everything. But uh, but it, it, it's interesting. So, like I said, I, I did want to bring this up because data privacy is, uh, you know, is, is important. Should be important. Should um, be important, right? You know, <laughs> what people don't understand is that these companies have your data and they legally can do a whole heck of a lot more than they actually are. The reason that they aren't doing some of the things is because they're worried about what the blowback would be if people find out that they're doing it. But like you don't have as much protection as you think you might have uh, from these companies taking your data, selling your data, using your data to psychologically profile you to get you to buy stuff. But nobody is going to care as long as they stay free. That's the problem. It's just like. I've been they saying put, that for they, years. They put the, mm-hmm. they put those again. Mm-hmm. You know, when GDPR came out, every website now has a pop up. Do you accept the cookies here? You know, do you want to modify your cookies? Do you just everybody hits accept all so they can get right to yeah. shopping or right to browsing or right to doing whatever they need to do, and they don't read it and they don't you know bother to investigate what they're giving up. So it's just it's it's human nature and error um, 
that that is that that's holding our data hostage and 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 making our privacy uh less private you know it, it's not the companies they they're going to do as much as we allow them to do but we continue to allow them to do it mm-hmm. all right so y'all we do not have a tech john spotlight for you this week um and also we don't have any new patrons or any any new raises this week, so we don't even have to you know do shout outs there. Everybody's but once again, ready. if you, everybody's getting ready for Father's Day, I'll, uh, that's going to be our excuse. That's it. Um, <laughs> that is next week, isn't it? It's <laughs> Sunday. Father's Day is coming up. It is it is it is less than a week away. But anyway, I I just do want to put this back out there for anyone who is listening to us and says this is a cool show. One of the 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 best things you can do for us is to share the show to tell someone you know about the show and make sure they um, know who the people are actually doing the show right. make sure they know their names yeah sure they're um, aware <laughs> i guess i will start telling people i play ball with my actual government uh <laughs> name so that they, 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 they when they come across the show they know it's me but yeah just tell people about about the show and i say that because i literally had a friend who was telling me about the show he didn't realize he was telling me about our show but he he was telling me about a show and if it would have been another show i probably would have gone and checked it out so uh you know so yeah that that, that is the biggest thing you can do if, if if you're down with the tech john just tell a friend about us uh show them how to you know if, if they're new to podcast show them how to actually pull it up on their iphone or their android device but let them know that we out here doing what we do so with that being said Tech Life Steph. Why don't you go ahead and tell the folks I didn't get to you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph or check out my website at toadethutweet.com. And you can find me all the way on the internet. So when I say that, I just mean Twitter and Instagram a little bit <laughs> at Brother Tech, B R O T H A T E C H. And I am on all the things at Rob Dunwood. And we are also on all the things at the Tech John. So come check us out there. And until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm hmm. 